message this morning is the gospel of Isaiah. Say the gospel of Isaiah, what are you talking about? Amen. Let's preach on it this morning. Amen. Are the Old Testament books of the Bible reliable? Is the Old Testament reliable? Jesus thought so. I heard it said, and I'll, I'll repeat what the preacher said one day. He said something along the lines of, uh, he just has a personal rule in his own life. If, um, if, if somebody's able to raise himself from the dead, he believes what they have to say. The Old Testament book's reliable. Jesus thought so. Look at Luke chapter 24, verse 13. And behold, two of them uh, uh, went that same day to a village called Emmaus, which was from Jerusalem, about three score fur furlongs. We just sang about it. Amen. And they talked together of all these things which had happened. And it came to pass that while they communed together in reason, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were holding that they should not know him. And he said unto them, What manner of communication are these that ye have one toward another as ye walk and are sad? And then the two disciples basically, basically the next several verses are telling Jesus, What are you, a stranger? What? Have you not heard what just happened? The, the, the one uh, who said that he came in the Father's name, they crucified him. And now he's dead. Some of the women say that he wasn't at the tomb. But that's what happened, and everybody knows about it. How could you not know these things? They were sad, they were depressed, and, and Jesus uh, came talking to them. And then, then, then this is, is, I love the story. Look, jump to verse 25. Then he said unto them, this is Jesus talking to them. They don't know it's Jesus, by the way. They don't know it's Jesus yet. And Jesus says, oh, you nice guys. No. You know, we'd be offended if Jesus came here and preached today because he'd say, you're a fool and you're a fool and you're a fool. You're a bunch of vipers. You're a bunch of hypocrites. Get things right. right. And we would say, I don't like that kind of preaching. I'm not going back to that church. And it would be Jesus himself. Sure. They don't even know it's Jesus. And Jesus is saying, he says, oh, fools, and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Are not Christ to suffer these things and to enter into his glory? And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them, in all the scriptures, the things concerning himself. What was all the scriptures at that time? The Old Testament. Are the Old Testament books of the Bible reliable? Jesus absolutely thought that they were. Brother Ron, I'm glad you're here this morning. I'd be honored if you'd open in a word of prayer as we get into the message. Amen. Are the Old Testament books reliable? Jesus thought so. <clears throat> Jesus preached from the Old Testament. He taught from the Old Testament. He would uh, refer to Moses and the prophets. What did the Moses and the prophets say? He would refer back to literally the Word of God. Jesus expounded on himself to the disciples on the road to Emmaus by using Old Testament scriptures. I mean, it's, I, I, I actually can't. I try to imagine. I can't imagine Jesus preaching Jesus uh, I would have loved to have been on the road to Mass and heard that, right? And then eating with them and, and hear that. But then, then to go into the upper room, I think it was the upper room where they all met, wherever they came together, and, 
and hear all the stories, and they're like, actually, we, let me tell you what just happened on the road to Emmaus. And then Mary Magdalene was, was like, hey, actually, and then they start sharing these stories, all the things that they had seen and saw and how amazing it was. I love to hear those stories. We got some windows to those stories here. We, we got all that God wants us to know for now. But Jesus preached Jesus. You know, those disciples, I got to thinking on that. I was dwelling on this yesterday. Why did Jesus go back to Moses and the prophets? These are two disciples that followed Christ. They believed in Christ. They, they actually, if you think about it, they witnessed to Jesus. They said the one who said, came in Father's name, the Father, they didn't say, you know, they claimed to. No, the one who came in the Father's name, they talking about the Lord. They're basically witnessing to Jesus. They were depressed and they were down. And they were, you know, oh man, what a bummer. And uh, they might have been having doubts, right? Uh, you know, because they thought, man, he was he's the son of God. How, how could they have crucified him? And um, why did Jesus teach them? Why did he start from Moses and the prophets and start preaching Jesus? Let me... Uh, Let me answer that with a question. Why do we preach from the Bible every time we get together up here? For our benefit, for our learning, for our encouragement. Jesus could have blew their minds with some facts about heaven and some wonderful things and really encouraged them in that way too. What did Jesus do? He started back to Moses and the prophets and he, he said, guys, look, look, look. I'm going to show you Jesus, and I'm going to start all the way back to Moses. Then we're going to I, all, Mo, Jesus, Jesus. Look, look at the date through Jesus. Look, Rahab, Jesus. And I don't know how in depth they went, how long their walk was, how long they broke bread together, but he preached Jesus with the Old Testament. Sometimes people come to church, and I'll pull the scripture like this or turn to you know, Daniel Lyons Center, you know, Jonah, and they think, oh, man, I know everything there is to know. First of all, we don't. We just don't, first of all, right out of the gate. We could hear it a hundred times and still learn something else because it's a living book. But at the very least, it's a living book. God can encourage us through it. Amen. God used the Old Testament to encourage a couple of sad disciples, Jesus Christ. Let alone we have the whole New Testament. What are we complaining about? Man, we got so much to complain about, don't we? Jump down to um, Luke 24, 30. And it came to pass as he sat at, at, at me with them, he took bread and blessed it and break and gave it to them. And their eyes were open and they knew him and he vanished out of their sight. Boy, they had something to tell folks, didn't they? They had been with Jesus and then they had something to tell folks about. Hmm. You think, man, that must have been so awesome. And I, I think of things like that. That must have been amazing. But then we forget things like, you know, Jesus is in our midst this morning. Amen. We're two or more gathered together in my name. There am I in the midst. Sure. We forget that because, because we have scheduled times of service. when we, we schedule time to meet. And, and to the best of our ability, we, we meet those times. till it snows right before the Super Bowl kicks off. And the pastor cancels church for the snow, right? Man, I kicked myself like I was really, as soon as I canceled it, five minutes later, it quit snowing. Uh, we went to Ballos and it was a couple inches, so I felt better. 
you know, which is awful. Like, why would I feel better that his roads were horrible? But that's what happened. Anyways, where was that? What a rabbit I got on. Amen. Um, oh, the two, two disciples were with Jesus. And then we, we get in our, this is our church time, and we get, we get in the routine, and church starts, and we're already thinking, what are my plans for the day? We're here just for the sake of being here. We're here to make the pastor happy or whatever. That happens more often than you think, unfortunately. As opposed to, I want to meet with Jesus today. As opposed to, I want to hear what the Holy Spirit has to say. I want God to move in my heart. I want to come and worship him for who he is. I want to draw closer to him. I want to come and be a blessing to somebody else in the name of Christ. That's how we need to be coming to the house of God. But we forget that Jesus is in our midst, amen. And, 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 and here's, here's a real, real fact. Sometimes Christians don't get excited about that. And at times we all go through that, whether we're backslidden or we're just so stressed with the cares of life, we're not giving it over to the Lord, whatever. Whole marauder or a reason. But there are Christians who don't get excited about that. And you say, what are you talking about? You know, there's unsaved folks that might come to the house of God and they're not excited about the presence of Jesus. You say, well, no, if somebody's in the presence of Jesus, they're going to get excited about it. Not so. There were a couple of tombs, a couple of uh, men at the tomb. The lay as dead man, asleep or in a coma, whatever. Uh, when, when the tomb was rolled away, Jesus was there. Were they excited about that? No, they went and told their authorities, hey, uh, what happened? We're going to cover this up. We're not excited about it. This is a horrible thing, right? There were, there were Jews that were literally there when Jesus rose Lazarus from the grave. You think that everybody there would have said, oh my goodness, this is the God of creation. That is truly the Son of God. But no, because miracles don't prove uh, that, that that doesn't satisfy to the lost man like we think it would, but it doesn't. And they actually saw Lazarus raised from the dead and they went and told Jewish leaders and said, we got to do something about this guy. He's raising people from the dead. We got to get rid of him. As opposed to, oh my goodness, he just raised somebody from the dead. Let that sink in for a minute. Not everybody gets excited about the presence of Jesus. Amen. Amen. There's a... Every Monday morning, this is common. Sometimes on Thursdays, every Monday morning, everyone's like, how's your weekend? What was it like? Well, you're talking about your week. They don't ask me hardly anymore because it's always... Church was great. This happened. Uh, so-and-so got right with God. This person came to church. We haven't seen them. This person uh, was a blessing to that person. This person came uh, for this reason. That was all. This happened. The, the message was this. And, you know, did you know that people actually you know, start talking about the message and the things that were happening, the, spe- the songs that were sung in the special. We actually sang Higher Ground. It's one of my favorite songs. And, and, and just tell them all about these things. Do we get excited about the presence of God? Stephen was being stoned to death. He began to preach the gospel, beginning with Father Abraham and the prophets. Stephen didn't have John 3.16 to preach. He didn't have Romans 3.23, Romans 6.23, Romans 5, all of Romans. 
He didn't have the New Testament to preach. He had the Old Testament. Stephen preached Jesus using the Old Testament. We've been going through Paul's missionary journeys, and, and, and I've really enjoyed it on Wednesday nights. Amen. And we're nearing the end of the third missionary journey. And several times in, in, in Paul's stint in his ministry, when he's gathered before a crowd, what did he do? He preached Jesus, yes. He preached resurrection, yes. But he would often start at Moses and the prophets, standing before Agrippa. King Agrippa, let me tell you, way back at Moses, this is Jesus through Moses, and this is Jesus through this stuff, and this is Jesus, and this is what Jesus did. And the, the whole Passover, that was all pointing to Jesus. Preach Jesus using the Old Testament. Paul did. What's unique about Paul, it's, it's, a, it's, 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 it's horrible and wonderful at the same time. Paul was on both sides of that, literally standing there as the authority figure while stoning Stephen. He was there stoning Stephen. And there was a time, and multiple times, but one time in particular where he was being stoned and left for dead on both sides of that. You better believe he had Stephen on his mind, amen, and all the other Christians. Paul was on both sides of that, amen. Wow, it's, it's, it's fathoms my mind. And then, then you're left with the question, is the Old Testament reliable? Jesus thought so. Turn to... Um, Acts chapter 8, 26. Acts chapter 8, verse 26. You guys remember Philip? And he's with the Ethiopian eunuch. God, first of all, led him to the, to the eunuch, by the way. Which, which there's a whole message there, right? If, if we'd be willing to, let, to be led by the Holy Spirit, as in let God use us, as in to say, Lord, not my will but thine, Maybe just maybe God will speak to your heart to lead somebody to the Christ or lead somebody to go do something. Amen. You say, Pastor, that's harsh. I'm preaching it myself too. Look at Acts chapter 8, verse 26. And the angel of the Lord spake unto Philip, saying, Arise, and go toward the south into the way that goeth down from Jerusalem unto Gaza, which is desert. And he arose and went, and behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under uh, Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who had the charge of all her treasure, and had come to Jerusalem for to worship, which is, which is huge in and of itself. This is a great man of authority. He went out seeking to see what this, this was all about, going to Jerusalem to worship. Look at verse 28. Was returning and sitting in his chariot, read Isaiah the prophet. My brother will be here from New Zealand, and they say Isaiah, uh, Isaiah. Am I saying that right? Isaiah. That's how they say it. That's how the Slabberts would say it uh, in South Africa, Isaiah. Uh, I hope he does that, and we'll all chuckle. Amen. Um, uh, verse 29, then the Spirit said unto Philip, go near and join thyself to this chariot. And Philip ran thither to him. I love that he ran to him. Amen. Just like David ran to Goliath, not messing around. And heard him read the prophet Isaiah and said, Understandest thou what thou readest? And he said, How can I except some man should guide me? And he desired Philip that he would come up and sit with him. The place of the scripture which he read was this. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter. Like a lamb dumb before his shearer, so opened he not his mouth. In his humiliation, his judgment was taken away. Who shall declare his generation? For his life is taken from the earth. 
And the eunuch answered Philip and said, I pray thee of whom speaketh the prophet of this, of himself or of some other man. Then Philip opened his mouth, and look at this, and began at the same scripture and preached unto him Jesus. Philip, Philip preached Jesus from the Old Testament. Paul preached Jesus from the Old Testament. Stephen preached Jesus from the Old Testament. Jesus preached Jesus from the Old Testament. Philip used Psalm 53, and I mean, I, I mean, what a great, I mean, what a great segue into the gospel message, Isaiah 53. I mean, uh, what an opportunity Philip had, amen, and what a monumental verse in shedding the light on who Jesus is. But did you know that the gospel message is all over the book of Isaiah? It's all over the Old Testament, but we can't be here for a month this morning going through scripture. Turn to Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. Isaiah 7, verse 14. It says, Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. Butter and honey shall he eat, that he may know to refuse evil and and choose the good. For before the child shall know to refuse evil and choose uh, the good, the land uh, that thou abhorrest shall be forsaken of both her kings. That's Isaiah chapter 7. Just jump over to Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. We're right there. Isaiah 9, 6. It says, for unto us a child is born, for unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace, of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. Upon the throne of David, upon his kingdom, to order it, and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth, even forever, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. And I can just imagine... As Jesus is expounding himself to those two men, to those two men on the Emmaus Road, I'm sure he found himself in Isaiah preaching and teaching. Uh, and, and I'm sure that as, as Philip was expounding on, on, on chapter 53 of Isaiah, that I'm sure he might have said, actually, look at this. Look, look at chapter 7. Look at chapter 9. Stephen could have very well quoted from any of the scriptures in Isaiah. But look at, jump to Isaiah 11, verse 1. And there shall come forth the rod out of the stem of Jesse, and her branch shall grow out of his roots. And the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. You can keep reading through verse 10. It's all about Jesus here in the Old Testament. Are the Old Testament books reliable? Jesus thought so. The gospel message was Jesus then. The gospel message is Jesus now. If the Lord stays his coming and we all are put in the grave, the gospel message will always be Jesus. Isaiah 32, Jesus. Isaiah 42, mostly Jesus. Isaiah 49, Jesus. Turn to Isaiah 52, verse 13. Isaiah 52, 13. Behold, my servant shall deal prudently, and he shall uh, be exalted and extolled and be very high. As many were astonished that his visage was so marred more than any man, and his form more than the sons of men. So shall he sprinkle many nations. The king shall shut their mouths at him. For that which hath not been told them, they will see. And they that, which, uh, and, and that they that had not heard, uh, shall they consider. 
It's all about Jesus. It's not a verse here and a verse there. There's a lot of Jesus in the Old Testament. Isaiah 53 is basically all about Jesus. Let's look at a few verses. Look at Isaiah 53, 5. Isaiah 53, 5. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted. Afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He was brought as a land to the slaughter. And as a sheep before her shears is dumb, so he opened not his mouth. Philip used these words in these verses to lead the Ethiopian uh, eunuch, great man of authority, to the Lord. He ended up getting baptized, and it was wonderful. Clear picture of biblical baptism and what it's all about. It's right there in that story. But Philip used that to preach Jesus. Philip also had the opportunity to tell him about the resurrected Christ. And compare that with the scripture. I have the same opportunity this morning. I can say, look at that Old Testament scripture. It is just as much for our learning and our admonition, because all of that, there's not an end of it. It's just a fulfillment of it in the New Testament. And they all, uh, in the Old Testament's pointing to Jesus Christ. In the center of both Testaments is Jesus Christ looking back, pointing towards him. It's all about Jesus. He died for the sins of the world. Not just the Old Testament, not just the New Testament, not just for the Jews and not just for the Gentiles, but for the sins of all mankind. Say, what are you getting at, Pastor? Jesus is the gospel message. The Old Testament, New Testament. Say, is the Old Testament really reliable? Jesus thought so. Philip thought so. Paul, Peter, they all thought so. Stephen, they all, they all preached from the Old Testament. They talk about the scriptures and scripture and we think of the whole Bible. They didn't have the whole canon of scripture that we have. They didn't have it all. Adam and Eve brought sin into the world. And we know this, but I don't think, I think we forget some basic things. What does sin bring? Death. Ben makes money at work. We all make money when we go to work. What's the wages for making money? What's our, what's our wages? We, we get a paycheck. We get money. What do we get for sinning? Death. Adam and Eve brought sin in the world, and the cost of sin is death. And the first Adam brought death in the world because of that sin. But the second Adam, which is Jesus, the Son of God that the Old Testament is pointing to, preaching about over and over and over again. All the disciples were preaching about that second Adam brings life to the world. We know Romans 6, 23, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is what? Eternal life. Through who? Jesus Christ, our Lord. Yeah, it's in the New Testament. It's also in the Old Testament. We know Romans 3.23, for all of sin and come short of the glory of God. But Romans 
it gets bypassed because Romans 3.23 is like the main verse we go to, right? Showing that we're all sinners. We're, we're showing somebody the, the, the plan of salvation. We go to 3.23, but, but 3.24 says being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in who? Christ Jesus. The person that the Old Testament has been pointing to for the entire Old Testament. The person that Jesus was preaching about on the road to Emmaus, Jesus Christ. The very same sin that causes death began with Adam. And it's been passed down from generation to generation to generation. That's why we're all sinners. That's the way it works. But also the same grace that was offered to Adam, the same grace that's offered to me, same grace that's offered to every one of us individually. My mama can't save me. My daddy can't save me. The same goes for you. You each have to make an individual choice. Am I going to accept Christ as my Savior? I'm going to try to do things on my own terms, whether it's religious or not, by adding works to it. Our main focus should be to preach Jesus, not to cater to the world, not to try to be like the world. Not to try to be like another church that's like the world. Not to try to be like another denomination. God did not want his people to have a king. But his people, the, the Jews were like, no, children of Israel, we, we want to have a king because everybody else has a king. We want a king and they're doing good with the king. God said, that's not my plan for you. They said, but we want a king, we want a king. God gave him a king. And, and actually it seemed great for a few years, but what happened? King Saul turned into a murderer. Power or whatever went to his head. This God knows that a kingdom wasn't best for mankind. So we do the same. Lord, I know that your Bible says this, but really we want this because everyone else is doing something else. We want to do that. But all the while, Jesus is preaching, stick with the old stuff. Preach Jesus. Remove not the ancient landmarks. Don't turn side to side. There's still a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. Forget the other guys, just focus on serving me. You're supposed to preach Jesus, not preach politics. We're supposed to preach Jesus and not cast our pearls before the swine. You say, what are you talking about? I'm saying don't get on social media and spend all day arguing with folks. At the end of the day, do you want to you be right? Do you want to help people? You're not winning anybody over to the Lord in, a, in an online debate. They're not there seeking truth. They're, they're seeking an argument to win. That's my opinion. In order to preach Jesus, you know what that means? We've got to get out of our comfort zone sometime. When it's Monday morning, they're asking us how our weekend is. Don't hide that you went to church like a pansy. Tell man, it was man. I I, I had some good fellowship with God's people. We even went out to Jimmy bought me dinner after church. Amen. But we hang our heads low when we're in depression because we don't study the word of God because we don't have an answer for what we believe. If we would study the word of God and we would know what we believe, we would say, hey, Man, I went to, and it was wonderful. Then when they ask questions about why you're serving God, you can say, give them an answer for whatever the topic is. And then if you don't know the answer, 
You can just say, man, I don't know the answer. You know what? I'll go home and study that. But then follow through. Amen. Amen. We got to start conversations about eternity, about right and wrong, about sin, about creation. I, I, uh, I think it was Thursday or Friday. I was, the guys were talking about um, um, Russia and Ukraine and all these things. And I, it was like, it's like a runway of an opportunity. I said, yeah. I said, I said man, I, and we're working together. I said, I, I can't imagine. I said, I'd be so depressed if, if, I, if I actually believed that this was all that we had in this world had to offer was just the life that we lived. Then we, then we were buried in the ground to nothingness. I said, man, wouldn't that be depressing if that's what we really believed? And these guys absolutely believe that, right? And that started a great conversation. You'd have to be mean about it. You can tell them about Christ. Amen. Amen. Uh, at the end of the day, are the Old Testament books of the Bible reliable? Well, if a man can raise from the dead, I'm going to believe what he has to say. The Son of God says that they're reliable because he preached them and taught them or referred to them so many times all throughout the gospel, all throughout the, 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 the New Testament, actually. We need to preach Jesus. We need to represent Jesus. We go to work and we're thinking about ourselves all the time. We do this all the time. We're not thinking about, I represent Hope Baptist Church. I, re- I represent what a Christian's supposed to be. I represent Christ. Amen. We don't think about that. It's good to tell somebody what Christ has done for you. We could pick anywhere. We, whatever the topic is, we can point to Jesus Christ whether we're using the inspired Old Testament books of the Bible or the inspired New Testament books of the Bible, we can point to Christ. And we got so much, so much that we can look at and, and, and point to Jesus through. The New Testament, oh yeah. The Old Testament, way more than you think. Because it's all pointing to him. About time we get out of our comfort zones and we say, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to quit playing by putting my toes in the water and serve God here. I'm going to serve God here. Just get all in and serve God. You think God's not going to direct your paths and say, you know what? I know what's best for him, and he's serving me fully, so I'm going to direct his paths. That's what David talked about. Let's get out of our comfort zones. Be a witness to Jesus Christ. Point to him. Teach him. Preach about him. You say, well, I don't have a pulpit. You don't have to have a pulpit to preach. You can be a witness to him. Just tell him, folks about Christ and what he's done for you. Amen. And if he's never done nothing for you, you ought to get saved. Amen. Let's let's close and have an invitation. Dear Lord, I pray that you work in the next few moments. Lord, I pray that if there's anybody lost this morning.